sack of shit. You know what a pain in the ass is. No, man, I don't want to get out. Hey, 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 let's go. I, I, fuck all this, you know? Get him out of here. Take him downstairs. Get this ass out, out of my sight. I don't want to go near this guy. What's down there? Right there. Fucking Rancor? I might act tough, but I got a lot of feelings. And you hurt damn near every one of Episode of Dude and a Monkey. This is episode 93, and I am Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by uh, Mark Foster. Hello, guys. Yes. Uh, so uh, this week we are going to uh, no marathon, um, and we were going to review Exodus, but you know, I think everybody's in, uh, reviewing the interview because it's been the film that everyone's been talking about in the last couple of weeks. So we're just going to do the interview. It'll probably be more interesting a review than Exodus, anyway, and. Um, we're going to spend whatever um, other time. We've got about an hour, um, and whatever time else we've got, we're going to do some what we watched. And I don't think we asked for Twitter questions, so we'll just kind of yeah. keep it keep it on the download. But then um, I think Nate's week's show, the kind of the year-end wrap-up, is probably going to be a longer one anyway. So yeah, I think so. Yeah, I've I've been get, given dispensation to go over two hours. So um, yeah, Whoa. yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll be all right. So just having a bud there. I've only got a few days of drinking left, and then I'm going dry for a little bit. So I'm kind of packing it all in. Oh, so nice. I've got I've got three bottles of Bud lined up by me for the next hour. So <laughs> uh, we'll see how it goes. And we've got recording software that works. So yes, um, um, so yeah, no, so it's brilliant. We're 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 back, baby. So um, no trailers came out, so we got nothing there. Mark, anything else at all? Or 
Uh, no, no, there's, there's, there's not a lot, really. We, we've, we, should, we, should we tell people we've started planning what we're going to do for our 100th episode? Oh, go on then. You're proud of this as well, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you yeah. do it. Go on. Uh, we have a 100th episode coming up, and we noticed, uh, or I noticed, uh, that our 100th episode arrived kind of midway through award season. So we're going to do uh, our first ever actual um, Dude and the Monkey Awards, where we're going to do sort of like your standard best cinematography, best picture, best supporting actor, things like that. And we're also going to throw in a few sort of more Dude and the Monkey appropriate awards in there as well, which we haven't actually thought of yet. Um, so we're going to do that. Um, so we're going to do the first ever for our hundredth episode, the first ever Dudies. Um, which is going to be our awards ceremony. Uh, if anybody thinks of uh, a particularly crazy category uh, that they want us to do an award for, then please get in touch. Um, we're also going to put out the uh, formula in the next couple of weeks, um, what's going to be like our best picture and all of these things, and we're going to put them out to a public vote as well, so you guys are going to be able to vote on what you think um, deserves which one, and we're also going to put forward what who we think deserves each one as well. Exactly right. I'm kind of eating my tea while we're recording this, so I just have to quickly unmute my mic. So, um, yeah, so it should be a laugh. That, that um, yeah, it should be it should be good. And um, yeah, I don't really have any more, more to add to that. We've got a few shows before we get to that anyway, oh, so we yeah. got some time. But um, yeah, so this year, uh, this week, we know what we've got next week year end wrap up stuff. Uh, we'll be doing the same as we did last year. So like top tens, bottom tens or fives, and uh, uh, top five surprises and top five disappointments. Yes. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be a busy show. And um, Mark and I are kind of furiously cramming. Um, <laughs> yes. So um, I'm going to be... There's there's still some big stuff I've yet to watch. Like, I'm going to be hitting Mr. Turner, Foxcatcher, Birdman, and The Theory of Everything over the next week. Yeah, I'll be hitting all of those. Uh, as well as Pride as well, a film which I have no interest in seeing, but I've seen crop up. Uh, seeing Mr. Turner, actually, I've, I've no interest in seeing it, but it's cropped up on a lot of best of lists. So, I am half. I am halfway through Pride. We're finishing it tonight. Yeah, very good. Is it very good? Yeah. yeah. So uh, because of all the the good the good uh, word about it, I thought, you know what, I, I've got to give it a go uh, just in case. You know, it it, it surprises me. Uh, no interest, just because the trailers haven't gripped me. But uh, yeah, the, the, I thought the trailers were really generic. But yeah. like, there's not a bad word's been said about Pride, and yeah, uh, exactly. I, I'm halfway through. I've got to say that's warranted. Oh, well, that, that, that that's that's good. I think I might watch that. Um, I might watch that tomorrow. Nice. Okay. Cool. So, uh, yeah. So it's going to be a good show next week, I think. And then we, um, and then we get straight into 2015, and uh, take and freeze out in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Yummy. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. So uh, that's probably going to be our first full review of the year as well, actually, which is slightly embarrassing. But um, I'm no. Actually, no. I'm going to own it. I'm looking forward to taking three. So. I, I didn't like taking two. I know you did. Uh, I wasn't a massive fan. I will be rewatching it before uh, taking three. But I really enjoyed the trailer for taking three. After it finished, I was like, actually, do you know what? Yep, I'm on board. Yeah. Quite. So, yeah, no, so there you go. It's plus for these few weeks. But let's get into now. Uh, let's have a clip from the trailer for uh, the interview, and we will get straight into it. You know, people say that actors lie for a living, but this is living a lie. Okay, Rob, when you're ready. Get ready, camera two. Oh, oh, Jesus, fuck. Whoa. His head looks like somebody's taint. 
You barely look different. Thanks, man. Come on. We've been together for a thousand episodes. Congratulations on a thousand hours of being a massive sellout. What do you mean? Guys, guys, some pictures just came out where it looks like McConaughey's fucking a goat. McConaughey goat fuck? McConaughey goat fuck. Get him, get him, get the goat! Get the goat! (sighs) Got some questions for that goat. Every night, millions of people watch our show. I just want to cover actual news, not Nicki Minaj's vagina fucking flopping out at the Grammys. You don't like that brown sugar? It has nothing to do with brown sugar. Look at this. Kim Jong-un wants to do an interview with Dave Skylark? He's a fan. Look at this butt fuck. If that ain't a real story, what is? Okay, let's fucking do it. We're going to North Korea! Mr. Rappaport, I am Agent Lacey with Central Intelligence. Yo, Aaron! Yo, I don't know who I fucked last night, but I got some stink dick. Uh, Dave, it's actually, uh... Yo, Aaron, does your dick stink? So weird how you, like, just want to keep smelling it, though. Dave, uh, the CIA is here. You two are going to be in a room alone with Kim. We got the interview! The CIA would love it if you could take him out. Hmm? Take him out. Like for drinks? Like to dinner? Take him out in the town? No, uh, take him out. You want us to kill the leader of North Korea? Yes. What? Hello, North Korea! We might die, but we'd be total dickheads if we didn't do this. I've had a great life. I had the best, best friend. Fuck more women than Ellen DeGeneres. Kim must die. That's the American way. You have to secure the payload. What do I do with it? What do I do with it? There are people coming. Where the fuck do I hide it? What if you hide it in your butt? I don't want to stick it in my ass. You got to put it in your butt right now. It's a little big to stick up my ass. They are closing in on you. The package is secure. That? Yes. Oh. Fucking weapon of ass destruction. You got fucked by Robocop, dude. The interview was directed by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Stars uh, Seth Rogen, James Franco, um, Diana Bang, and Randall Park as Kim Jong Il. Kim Kim Jong Il. No, Un. Kim Jong Un. 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 Yeah. Un. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, an interview. Uh, James Franco is Dave Skylark, a Entertainment Tonight style reporter. Um, whose producer, um, whose name I can't remember, actually played by Seth Rogen, um, is kind Aaron. of sick. Yeah, Aaron, that's it. Is sick of not being taken seriously. Uh, Skylark discovers that Kim Jong Un is a fan of his show and uh, gets an interview. But the CIA, uh, led by Lizzie Kaplan, uh, basically say, "Right, we want you guys to uh, assassinate Kim Jong Un," to which they agree, um, and things go on from there. Uh, Mark, the interview. So let's not get into the Sony hack bollocks. Yeah, no, be, no. You know, just so, the film. The film. So the interview. Um, well, it, I mean, it has that. I'm not to get into it, but that has built this this film up to be like almost like an event film to watch. Um, and it, it, it's strange because I was actually quite looking forward to um, to the interview. Uh, it looked like it was going to be a great kind of throwaway comedy. Uh, and what I was actually um, immensely sort of surprised about uh, with the interview is um, 
how much there is actually going on with it, to be honest. Um, it's actually... Um, there's actually quite a lot more sort of story there, and it was a little bit less... I mean, it, don't get me wrong, it, it, it's by no, it's not a serious film, but it was a little bit less goofy um, than I expected it to be. Um, it's, it's by no means a, a perfect film, and there are, I, I, had, I had few, you know, laugh out loud moments with it, but it, it kept me entertained pretty much um, throughout. And there was a bit where it, it lagged a little bit, and it got a little bit kind of, a little bit, wrapped up in itself towards the end um but and they they do have a habit of of running the same joke too many times and it stops being as funny but on a whole i actually really quite enjoyed the interview yeah so did i um i i'm, I'm already um kind of in the tank for seth rogan and evan goldberg anyway um i find seth rogan very funny and i actually thought this is the end was a genuinely really great inventive odd comedy. Um, so I, I came to the interview very, very excited for it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it as well. I, I think I'm pretty much on the same page with you. I mean, um, I think the Seth Rogen love interest stuff doesn't work very well. Mm. Um, that almost kind of feels like it was written just because Seth Rogen wanted, wanted to have a love interest because the, the real, story of this film is the relationship between Dave Skylark and, 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 and Kim Jong-un. Uh, so, um, so it, it's, it's, which is really surprising. I was expecting Seth Rogen to have more of an impact on this, but he's basically the straight man. And that, that's absolutely fair enough. Mm. Um, and I, I think a large part of, of how much you enjoy this film is going to depend on, on if you get into what James Franco is doing, yeah. is doing. Um, he, is hamming it up like no one's business. He is very extra exaggerated. His line readings are very full on. And it, it, it's like Franco knows he's playing a part. But what I like about him is that he basically seem he kind of represents the, the American public, you know, kind of like knowing about the, the kind of the stuff going on in, in North Korea but then not caring because he seems like a cool guy. But then even when he does call him out on it, Kim, uh, uh, President Kim is just straight back at him with stuff, uh, negative stuff about America. And then James Franco doesn't have a comeback for it. You know, think, you know, stuff, stuff like that. I thought was interesting. Um, and it, I mean, it, it is, it is certainly too long. And I think a lot of that is, like you say, in the la in the, the latter stages where. You know, this Seth Rogen getting it on with Diana Bang. It's just whatever. I don't really, I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah. I, you know, I, I am happy watching Franco and Park and their relationship develop. You know, I, I, that, that's absolutely fine. But then, I mean, I like the physical comedy as well. I mean, the, 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 the kind of the package up his ass. It's obvious. It made me laugh though. Um, and I don't know, like James, I just mentioned James Franco's line readings. The funniest bit of the film for me in terms of my reaction is when they're having a conversation, like um, they're, they're first propositioned by Lizzie Kaplan and Seth Rogen's like, oh, you know, can I just talk to you in private? And he's talking about his erection. And he's like, I haven't got an erection. Yes, you have. And then he just kind of like unveils it. And he goes, feast your eyes. <laughs> yeah. And it just like, again, it's it's really like obvious low 
lowest common denominator stuff, but I don't know. The way that James Franco puts relish into his performance, I think, is is kind of epitomised by that line delivery, and I think it's wonderful. Um, Yeah, sorry. It's almost like... um... It's verging on carry-on film levels of knowing um, from, from Franco, to be honest. He's, he's, he's treading that incredibly fine line between delivering a great comedic line of a character that is, is so overblown and everything, but he's also he's verging on believable, to be honest. But, like, every... Like, he's right on the edge of just bursting out laughing all of the time at, at, at his own stupidity but he still manages to to give a little bit to the character um, mm-hmm. of um, there's a little bit of empathy towards him as well yeah. and it's the same thing as they do you know they, they do try and govern a, a certain amount of empathy for, for King Jong-un's uh, character as well um, granted they, 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 it, there's mocking of it, of it there but this isn't just a um, a Team America, you know, point at the uh, at the eccentric kind of thing. That you know, they they look at it and he's not treated as just this complete buffoon. He, you know, Kim Jong Un's character is treated more as being a a megalomaniac, yes, but not as a complete utter, you know raving lunatic no i mean it's it's not particularly deep but it goes into the kind of the daddy issues kind of thing basically and you know i i I think that's fine it's just yeah he's not and i I mean like even though he is tricking james franco's character like there there is in the end of the day he still does like the katie perry song and you know he, he still does like blowing stuff up it's just like, as they say, he is honey dicking him, but not as much as the CIA are. I mean, like, you know, the, the, it, like they're talking about, you know, they got a hot girl with a blouse undone or whatever and sexy glasses, yeah. you know, and it, you know, so it, it's, it, they're both playing the same thing. I, I, I mean, the, the film really doesn't um, point its fingers purely at North Korea. Even though, in the end of the day, yes, he does die very graphically, which is a really good sequence, by the way. That hasn't been talked of enough, and I actually forgot to mention that in my written review. Damn it. But that slow-motion sequence set to firework, you know, it's kind of obvious, but it's it's pretty damn cinematic. It did look, it did look really... I mean, the whole film looked really nice, to be honest. Um, yeah. As a film, it, it's a nicely shot film. Um, I think it's Brendan Trost who shot it, wasn't it? Shot yeah. it, I think. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it shows um, that, um, that Seth Rogen um, and Evan Goldberg are kind of developing a little bit of a style um, to themselves as, uh, as, as joint filmmakers. Uh, and it's... You know, we are getting at this thing where Seth Rogen is he, he he does feel a little bit in this like he is just Seth Rogen. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I think he's he's a kind of a a, a more kind of chilled out Seth Rogen as well. Yeah. Um, he he's it, 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 you know he knows James Franco has got the energy. So he just lets him go for it, and then he just kind of stands in the background, basically. And I, I'm, I'm okay with that. It was a surprise, but I was, I was fine with that. What, what were you like with the? Because I know that one bit that's kind of split opinion was the uh, the tiger bit. 
I've seen a few people get a little bit snippy about that for some reason. I don't understand why. Why? I don't know. There's a few people who said that it was just ridiculous and it was it, it, that was too much and it took me out of it. I thought, really? It, it yeah. seemed it seemed completely that's, fitting with that. That's, the that's well. too much for Seth Rogen and James Franco being recruited by the CIA to assassinate. Well, that's exactly the leader what I, of North Korea I, 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 is I not. Thought, I, but yeah. it, it didn't even cross my mind that that, that was like a, a contentious part of the film. But I have seen a few people kind of say, "Oh, the Tiger bit was just fucking stupid." It's like, uh, what? What? <laughs> it was a bit like that. I thought it was quite funny, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I thought, no, I laughed a lot. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it just, it's a very, 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 very silly film. Yeah. And, and I think the film is going to become more a pub, an answer to a pub quiz question in the in the years to come. It's going to become one of those films that's more notorious than it is liked. Hmm. Uh, which is sweet, but, which, which is which is right because it, it's a really entertaining movie. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like the, the the minute it comes out to like to buy on iTunes or whatever, I'll be all over it because I mean, it kind of you know it's already out to buy in the US, but God knows when it'll get a Blu-ray release over there. But it's like a day one digital purchase for me. I I will give them thirteen ninety nine or however much of it it is, and I look forward to seeing it again. Yeah, I mean, if that poster gets made into a, a, a decent-looking steelbook uh, or something like that comes out for it, I'll, I'll happily uh, purchase it. I, I enjoyed it that much. It's it's consistently entertaining and laughable, and it never goes... It, it never... For, I, I expect it to go a little bit crasser than it did, uh, and that was what I was worried about, that it would just be too many um, cock-and-fart jokes. And I, I, don't get me wrong, I enjoy cock and fart jokes. I like Kevin Smith films, for Christ's sake. But I don't need to see James Franco and Seth Rogen just tell each other cock and fart jokes again. Um, but this, it, it didn't go as crass as I, as I expected it to do. It, it told quite a nice line, and I quite enjoyed that. Like you said, there were bits where I kind of went, that didn't need that, but, you know, fair enough. Um, the, 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 the whole, you, you could put it in your book thing was actually dealt with in a, in a surprisingly subtle but funny way well yeah I mean it was just basically he really really didn't want to stick it in his butt <laughs> yeah. and, and his friend didn't really want to stick it in because that, that's the thing like a lot of the time with that kind of thing the other person is just like yeah go on do it go yeah. on do it but James Franco is like genuinely feeling bad for him <laughs> yeah. and I, I just I, I that's one of the great moments in that is when Lizzie Kaplan sort of turns around and goes don't worry, we're going to think of it, we're going to look at other ways you can hide it. And she turns out that guy, and he goes, that's probably like the best idea, to be fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the whole honey pot and the whole honey dicking thing as well consistently made me laugh as well. Yeah, I like I like how long that actually goes on for. Yeah. Like, that's a theme that pops up until literally the last scene of the film. Yes, that that, yeah. that, that, that was one of the, the cons- consistent jokes that really, really worked for me. Hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, and, and also, I will say as well, the Eminem bit, I, I thought that was good yes. as well. Yeah. Like, uh, just, just the way that he kind of like just mentions it in passing, and then they were all like, <laughs> what did he say? What did he say? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I don't know. That was that was solid. I mean, it just, it's a fun film. Mm, it, is, it is a really, really fun film. Uh, it, it, I mean, the fact that it's got caught up in the Ferrari, that it, it's got caught up in, uh, the fact that, it, you know, it, it it's not got the release that it probably deserves. This this isn't a 
a straight to VOD. I know it has got a cinematic release, but it's also straight to VOD as well. Let's be honest, it, it isn't a straight to VOD level comedy. It, it, it is a cinema release level comedy without question. Yeah, I mean, I'm well impressed. I mean, like until a few weeks back, it was going to be on like over three thousand screens in the US, and it's going to be fascinating to see what happens over here now with it. Um, you know, I, it, just just because. You know, it's so heavily known that people could just rent it and watch it online that it just could they just do that in the UK or, you know, because the chains have probably got affiliations with the chains in the US and the chains in the US are apparently pretty pissed about it. Mm. You know, so I, it, it's that 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 is going to be interesting. But I mean, Christ, if you've it. If you've got a US prepaid credit card like I have, mm. um, it's it's actually quite easy to actually pay for the interview and watch the fucking thing. Apparently, they didn't even apply DRM to it. So it's like you could actually you could you could torrent it really, really easily, which feels like a weird how the fuck did Sony forget to do that? Did they actually do that intentionally? Kind of, if you want to be paranoid about it, um, it's 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 fascinating. But um, yeah, I you know, that, the thing, I just I hope they release it on iTunes over here in the next couple of weeks, and I can just buy the thing because I will buy it and I will support them. Yeah, I, like I say, I I paid to rent it. Um, I could have quite easily downloaded it, but I paid to rent it um, because it was next to nothing to rent. I think I paid. Six dollars, is it? It was less than that. Oh, was it? Yeah. What was, was it? Fuck, I thought it was five ninety nine. I think what I paid was um it might be five ninety nine actually, yeah. But in terms of in terms of pounds, I think I paid like I don't know, four pounds something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I but... think I'm working it out in, in pounds, I think it was four seventy six or something like that. Yeah, so five ninety nine dollars, yeah. Um, so yeah, and absolutely well worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so definitely not shit. Definitely not shit. No. You know, it's 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 not a top ten at the end of the year kind no. of thing. It's. I'll be honest. I actually prefer this is the end. I it, that film's tighter and I, it's got some weird stuff going on that I does just really made me laugh. But this is a damn damn solid film. Yeah. Four stars. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Nice one. So, uh, right, cool. Uh, we've got some time for some what we watched. So, um, a good chunk of time as well, actually. So, uh, go on, Mark, tell us. Uh, well, I've been doing my kind of end of year cram, um, and because it was sort of like it was it was over sort of the Christmas and well the the Christmas period, I've not really watched anything too kind of. I didn't watch anything too in depth or anything too that would sort of wear me down because majority of the time I was drinking while I was watching it, and I'm not going to watch something like um, I don't want to rewatch Gone Girl while I'm a little bit drunk. Or I started watching Mr. Turner at like midnight on Saturday night. Yeah, and it was just like that. This is a terrible idea. What? I got about ten minutes in. I was like, I'm gonna watch this, but not now. I I, I started watching uh, Seventy One um, uh, about one in the morning uh, after a lot of beers and about half a bottle of Jim Beam um, on Friday, and then was like, No, do you know what? No, th- th- yeah. th- this this film deserves me to not not be going every ten minutes, pausing it to go. I want another fucking drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't have to be as drunk as an Irishman to watch that movie. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so everything watching it, 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 it's quite slight. None of it's gonna kind of like 
impact upon my, my end of year list, but it is stuff that I wanted to kind of wanted to watch. Uh, the first one I'll cover is a horror movie, uh, As Above, So Below. Have you seen this? Yes, I have. Yeah, right. Um, Trey, one, um, like the look of it, it's about the um, brief sort of story is you've got a character, a British uh, PhD, uh, Scarlet, uh, who is looking for the Philosopher's Stone. Um, she is on a quest um, to fulfil her late father's life's work, uh, and this quest leads her to uh, the catacombs uh, underneath Paris, uh, trying to find, let's say, the, the Philosopher's Stone, essentially. Um, she goes down into the catacombs, uh, armed with her friend George, uh, an American who just seems to know all these dead languages, and fixes old clock towers uh, in his spare time, uh, and goes down into there with an American f- um, um, documentary maker and some guides, um, sort of vigilante guides uh, that French dudes goes uh, into the catacombs uh, I, it's, a, it's a funny thing what often happens with modern horror movies is the, the the first kind of half of it is really good and then the payoff um, is, is terrible um, this movie is 93 minutes long and the first 40 minutes the first half of it I utterly completely despised uh, I thought the Lily character, uh, Scarlet, was thoroughly unlikable from uh, the first, from when we actually first meet her and she's uh, going into Iran. And she essentially comes across where she's saying, you know, I'm going to Iran and, you know, if I'm caught, you know, the, the, the penalty for what I'm doing um, is, you know, being buried up to my neck and then stoned to death. But they'll have to catch me, won't they? It's like, oh, so you're an arrogant cunt then brilliant i'm about to spend the next hour and a half hoping you die um and then everyone she comes across uh, in the film uh, seems to be very much the same the only actually likable character is um is george the um, american guy who like i say fixes clock towers you know 200 year clock towers in his spare time and it's like ah oh, fucking hell this guy's just not believable as a human um, and then she essentially manipulates him to come down there because she, she wants him to be there to kind of help her. And then you find out that the reason why he doesn't want to go down at the catacombs is because um, his uh, his little brother died in a cave when he was when he was young. So she just comes across as a thoroughly unlikable character. But then this film is one where when shit starts to get real is when I actually really started to enjoy it. And the actual, the descending into the, you know, beyond the gates of hell bits actually work quite well. And I actually quite enjoyed the whole juxtaposition of essentially things being sort of flipped upside down uh, of that. And it, from there, it actually becomes quite an enjoyable, well, I found it quite an enjoyable film. And I, I, I got really sort of drawn into it and I was sort of really reacting quite well to it. Um, still, you know, wanted to fucking die because she's a thoroughly unlikable character, but I wanted other people to survive, which was quite nice. Yeah, I mean, I um, <clears throat> I found the the opening just a bit, why, why do I need to see this? What? Yeah. Like, it's it, it just, uh, there's an awful lot of story, 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 story in the first half. And, you know, just like, meeting the cool guy, like, talk, like, kind of like, under, 
underground hipster tour guy guy at a nightclub and shit like that. It's just like, fuck off. I yeah yeah I, I, like let's just get on with it. Um, but yeah, once they're down there, it, it has got claustrophobia like really really well done. And there are interesting visuals in there. Um, you know, the, the kind of the, the, the car, um, I, I thought was pretty, was pretty great. Yeah, which comes um, out of nowhere, yeah. Mm, mm. And it, 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 it's got that, that sense of kind of losing track of time and space down. I thought the first Grave Encounters did quite well as well. Um, the, 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 like the sheer confusion of everything. Um, I also liked that the end, the, the actual end, end is really low key, mm. um, you know, and quiet and non sequel baity. Nice. So it kind of ended well for me as well. Yeah, it, it, that was that that with them coming out of the, you know, I, I don't want to say what it is, but the way that they that they they get out of the situation, and then it kind of flips back around. It, it, it was it was like you say, it is quite. It just kind of ends. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a little bit like when the credits started. I was like, did I just miss something in in like the image or something? And I, I I kind of went back and was like, oh no, I didn't. It just it just came to a stop. And I, I, it, it's almost like it's a ride that just stops because previous to that, like the the twenty minutes beforehand are really intense. Mm. Um, yeah, I liked it. I mean, I. I'm not going to say it's a hot, it's a horror of the year or anything like that, but I thought it was another pretty um, competent film from the Dowdle Brothers. Um, so, yeah, worth a watch, man. Yeah, uh, definitely it, worth a watch. Uh, you know, and what I absolutely want to say is, you've got to get through the first forty mm-hmm. minutes to get to the sure. good shit. But then once you get to it, it's really. I would say if you'd had a more likable first forty minutes and a more likable setup. You've had a really fucking good movie. It's just a shame that 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 it was so unlikable for the first forty minutes. And it is. I, I was very close to it off. I was thinking I didn't, but I was very close to it. Yeah. No. So, fair enough. Go on then. Give us one of yours. And we'll, we'll we'll do it as a bounce off. Go on then. Try. You call me eating a piece of chicken. <laughs> Alright. So I know there's there's one that we both watched. So I'll leave that for later. But um. I'll just run through a few quickly. Cool Runnings, because it's Cool Runnings. Elf, because it's Elf. Scrooged, because it's Scrooged. Yeah, Love Actually, because it's Love Actually. It's just all time of the year type shit. Yeah, I, I watched Scrooge, It's a Wonderful Life, um, and uh, some other stuff as well. I'm only going to cover the new stuff that I've watched. That'll be yeah, Christmas is done, damn it. Christmas is done. So, um, yeah, so I've got three, including the one that you watched as well. So, um, Into the Storm. Ah, I watched this as well. Yeah, oh, oh okay, fair enough. So, um, yeah, so um, stars Richard Armitage um, of The Hobbit and a bunch of other people. Um, oh, actually, I think it was the, uh, uh, a, a lady who was the female lead in The Walking Dead, at least from the first season. I don't know if she got killed off, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think that was her in it as well. So, uh, basically, um, she, a storm. Yeah, she was, she was also in Prison Break. Oh, fair enough then. Um, a, a storm hits this town. Uh, a dad's pissed off with his son, and vice versa. They get separated. So you got a bit day after the tomorrow. There, you got some storm chasers trying to chase the storm. Uh, some of them are comic relief. Some of them aren't. Um, and visual effects happen, and people have to simulate 
uh, kind of holding on to things because of the sheer force of wind. Um, and that's basically it for 90 minutes. It's um, it's not horrible. No, it's not. Um, it's super unmemorable. Um, and and also, the found footage, it, it, it's kind of, <laughs> is it found footage? Yeah. Is it not? Make up your fucking mind. And if you're gonna if you're gonna do found footage in scenes, at least actually have the ca- the people point cameras. There's one moment where a boy and a girl are having a confessional, like the end of Cloverfield, and they're looking at each other and delivering these heartfelt messages to each other to camera, and then it cuts to a wide shot. Neither of them have got cameras. <laughs> yeah. Just. Just makes sense. There, there are a few points where it's almost like the movie forgot that they were supposed to have cameras. And I, but also forgot they're supposed to have cameras in the middle of scenes where they're supposed to have cameras. Yeah, it is. It's, it's amazing. It is, it is a little bit like that. Um, I mean, what I'll say is, because I'll cover it at the same time, might as well cover it both at the same time. Yes, yeah, sure, uh, sure, sure. Um, the reason why I, why I watched Into the Storm is I actually really like weather movies. Um, you know, just bad weather movies. They're I can they can flow over me quite easily, and I'll forgive them if I get to watch a lot of rain or something like that. Uh, for instance, I really like the movie Hard Rain. I am the one person on the planet who really likes that movie. Um, so it got a little bit of extra points for me just for being a, essentially a weather movie, but. I like the fact that it's it's under ninety minutes. It gets in, gets its shit done, and gets yeah, it the does. fuck out. Um, none of the characters are that unlikable, but none of them are that likable. Uh, the, the story doesn't actually make all that much sense. There is some comic relief in it that feels a little bit that, that lifts you out of the reality of it all, and it is essentially the star of the show is is the effects, and sometimes the effects aren't fantastic. Um, but I actually quite enjoyed it, to be honest. I had a, I had a, a decent enough time with it. It's incredibly uh, VOD, but you know there are that you could you could quite easily have a movie be 150 million dollars um and get billed as a blockbuster and have a cut on all it would have would be a couple of extra stars and it'd be the same fucking movie yeah no absolutely i it's um yeah it just i mean it is what it is i i I gave it 1.5 out of 5 on letterboxd i am sticking to that but that's incredibly harsh but you know, I just said I'm sticking to that. I'll bump it up to a two. I'll yeah. bump. I'll, I will bump it up to to a two because I just looked at something else that I gave one star, and I just thought I liked Into the Storm easily a star more than that. Yeah, I would say one half star is, is, is harsh. I like to say it's it going wrong. It's not a fucking great movie. It's Bobby. I mean, it is Bobby. Bobby, it is. But it's perfectly inoffensive, Bobby. Yeah, I, I watched it on. Um... I think I watched it on Friday night. So Boxing Boxing Day, will it have been? Yeah. It I watched be, it yeah. on Boxing Day night um, after watching something else at about nine o'clock, and it did me nicely. Couple, I had a couple of years, and it was what I watched. A couple of years, and just was like, you know what? It finished like, you know what? That passed the time nicely. Yeah. Do you know what? I watched it sober, which was probably a mistake. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. 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 
Um, okay, cool. So uh, go ahead then. Uh, my next one was uh, the horror comedy. Well, not even really a horror comedy, zombie comedy. Uh, Life after Beth. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Starring uh, Arby Plaza, uh, Dane DeHaan, Molly Shannon. Uh, you got John C. Riley in there. Anna Kendrick inexplicably turns up uh, and then disappears. And Matthew Gray uh, Goobler turns up as well, uh, and he's actually fairly entertaining to be honest. In it, have you seen Life After Beth? Not yet. No, I may. Oh, actually, I literally just got a review saying whether I'm going to review it for VOD Zilla. Bear with me and I'll tell you. Uh, well, I, I would say, uh, No, I'm reviewing Postman Pat the movie. Fuck. Wow. Uh, again, uh, that falls into my uh, Mr. Brown's Boys the movie. They're not fucking films just because they were released in you know, fucking cinemas. I don't count do, them as films. Sorry. Do you know what? I'm going to get paid for it, so why not? Yeah, why the fuck not? Um, yes, so... Um, <laughs> <Life of Beth. laughs> just, fuck, I've got to watch Postman Part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, Life After Beth. Uh, character Zach um, is... Just getting to come to terms with the fact that his girlfriend, Beth, played by Audrey Plaza, um, has died. She was bitten by a snake uh, on a hiking trip that he was supposed to go on with her, and he didn't. Uh, and she's, unfortunately, it, it was it was a fatal. Um, he, he's coming to terms with it and keeps visiting um, her parents, played by John C. Riley and Molly Shannon, uh, as they all kind of get over losing Beth. Um, it also turns out that Beth was and uh, Zach were having troubles towards the end of their relationship just before she died and it would seem that Beth had said to Zach that she wanted to possibly see other people um, and then out of nowhere um, John C. Riley, um, Maury uh, stops answering Zach's calls uh, and won't answer the door to him he thinks this is weird goes round uh, to the house to kind of confront him and say why answer my calls and then notices that he's seen Beth uh, through the door turns out Beth has been has dug herself out of a grave and is essentially a zombie uh, but she doesn't remember everything um and she is displaying slightly more aggressive behavior um i won't go too much into it because you haven't seen it uh, and it's it, it's it's one that um not a lot of people i think have seen because it's a very new film um it's it, it it's entertaining but it it runs out of steam very quickly um and it has a lot of kind of build and then just goes very big very quickly out of you know and it doesn't explain itself going big gets a little bit confused in itself um where you're going okay well this isn't where i expected it to go and it's a little bit it's not as entertaining as where it, as all the other places it could have gone, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, you've got strong performances uh, from Dane DeHaan. Um, however, his character does come across as a little bit, um, a little bit wet and a little bit. He, he shifts from uh, being, you know, wanting Beth back and then being very happy that Beth's back to being. Oh shit! This isn't the Beth that I know. This is zombie Beth. Uh, I don't like this. Very, very quickly, literally within seconds, uh, he shifts from that, and there's nothing that seems to happen that seems to kind of 
have an impetus to being that. Uh, it's what I'll say is if I'd have seen Life After Beth and I'd appeared to see it at a cinema, I'd have been a little bit disappointed. This is incredibly straight to VOD uh movie. I mean, um, it did it did actually get like a, a proper cinema release in the UK, didn't it? Not just like a cinema then VOD the Monday after. Like I remember no. it played my local Cineworld. Yeah, it, it played mine. Um, I, if I'd have been there, I'd have probably been a little bit harsher on it. But the fact that um, I think I watched it on one of the Netflix, I can't, I can't even remember. You know, I've had to literally make notes of what I've watched because I was struggling to remember what I'd watched. So trying to remember where the fuck I watched anything. I think I watched some Canadian Netflix. I think um, that that suited it. Uh, I'd have been a little bit disappointed had I watched it in the cinema because it does feel a little bit flimsy in places, to be honest. Mm, mm. Uh, it's not terrible. It, it, it's a it's a mild recommend, but it its premise uh, doesn't quite have enough it essentially just becomes a zombie film uh whereas it, it it tries to have something more than be a zombie film and it's like halfway through they went oh no wait a minute we added a zombie film aren't we mm. that's a shame totally it's weird I, that that cast i'm kind i am intrigued but i just i don't know i just haven't worked myself up to actually be asked to watch it yet yeah and anna kendrick continues down this this, this vein of thought of turning up and just doing the standard anna kendrick kind of uh okay um uh, yeah um uh anna kendrick i adorable um and it's just that and it's a little bit like you need to fucking do something else now sweetheart mm. So, okay. Go on then. Uh, what else have you watched? Okay. Um, Saturday night, I watched um, a film which I've, I've got a little bit of shit on uh, for on Twitter uh, because of my thoughts on it. Um, they came together. Oh, is that the? That's the uh, Paul Rudd and Paul Rudd, Amy Poehler. Uh, Amy Poehler one. Yeah. Um, I've not watched it yet. Uh, I'm going to watch it at some point. Uh, but yeah, I thought the trailers made it look fucking horrible. To be honest. Made my fucking teeth itch. Um, it look, it look, it looks incredibly full of itself. That's exactly it. That it's not. It's eighty-two minutes of funny people basically saying to each other, "We're really funny, aren't we funny?" Oh, look at it. Uh, listen to this funny music. Isn't it funny that we're pointing out how how funny all all these plot turns are? And we're, you know, we're, we're being told, oh, it sounds like a romantic movie, a comedy. <laughs> that, that's it for 82 minutes. It's, I mean, fuck, the story for what it is. Amy Poehler runs a, pardon me, um, a, a candy shop. Paul Rudd works for, like, a, a evil conglomerate of candy shops. And they want to basically make her go out of business and they fall in love with each other. And then at the, at the whole thing's framed... I, I'm going to spoil it. I don't give spoil, a fuck. Spoil it. Spoil it. I, I don't give a shit. The, the whole thing is framed with they're at dinner with a, a couple friends of ours telling them about this story and then they get together at the end and then they say, say at the end, oh, you know, and, you know, but after a month, you know, we just broke up and uh, we realised we're better as friends. And, and you know, and it's just like right, okay, brilliant, oh, right. great. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> it's a little bit yeah, like, it, yeah, that seems a little bit like a an anticlimax for a movie. Yeah, it, it's it's 
I mean, the, the thing is, it's directed by David Wayne, um, and I've liked his stuff. Wet Hot American Summer, I thought was decent. Role Models, I liked. Uh, Wonderlust, I thought was all right. Um, but here, it just feels like really, really, really pleased with themselves. Actors being really pleased with themselves for 82 minutes. And I just, I did not, I mean, to be fair, some people might think of that, that, of that with the interview. Like, because I was saying, you know, if you don't get on board with James Franco, you're just not going to get on it. The, the film annoyed me for the first five minutes. So I was already pretty much against it. And it just did nothing to detract from that. There was one, one good bit. Which I actually think on the Empire Magazine review of the year podcast, Chris Hewitt actually mentioned because he was saying he really didn't get on with it as well. But there was one moment that made him laugh. And I, I agree. There's a bit in a bar where Paul Rudd is kind of going through cliches with a barman and then they get kind of stuck in a loop of uh, of, of kind of question, answer, question, answer, and then it goes back, question, answer, question, answer. And it must go on for about a minute, minute and a half. And that I actually thought was quite funny, just how long it it, go, it goes on for. Like, it, it's funny, and then it becomes less funny, then it becomes funny again just because of how long it's going on for. Um, so that, that, was, that was fine. The rest of it, I don't like Amy Poehler, so, which doesn't help. I, I, I don't I, know what it is, but her character because she only does one character annoys yeah. me well I, I i find i found her used to find it quite amusing uh but i think since she's become a more recognizable face uh she she's become less and less amusing and i'll be honest i find her, both her and tina fey incredibly smug comedians yeah, I mean, I, I I kind of agree with that. I mean, I get on with Tina Fey more, but I quite like 30 Rock. Um, but I don't know, it, I just, I can't get on with it. And I, I it, the thing is, it's got it's got good actors in it, but they, they, they're all, it, it seems like they had a great time making it. But, and, you know, I, maybe they're hoping that enthusiasm is infectious. And for some people, it, it was. I, you know, I, I like I say, I mean, I did get a couple of tweets from people going, oh, what are you talking about? But I, I just, I, d I don't know. I live tweeted it for the fir for like 20 minutes, just going, it's shit, it's shit, it's still shit, it's shit, it's shit. So I, I, I don't know. It, it, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting this to be worst of the year fodder for me. I, I actually wasn't. I just wanted a laid-back thing that I could get a couple of chuckles out of, be a 2.5 out of 5, whatever. It just actively annoyed me throughout. Not because it's offensive to me or anything, just because it, it's, like you said, it's smug. And it's smugness for 82 minutes. And I'm sorry if you don't agree with that. And if you find this stuff funny, that is fantastic and all power to you and I'm not going to call you an idiot for that but I really didn't get on with it at all right I, I, I'm, I'm going to give it a watch tomorrow actually <laughs> I'd give it a watch man I mean I'd be kind of intrigued uh, what I will say if you don't like it for the first 10 minutes shut it off <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a go. It's only like you say, it's only eight, eighty odd minutes in it, so it, it, that's a, it's also a good way of. I, I'm 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 tr desperately trying to get to four hundred watches in the year, 
and you know so I, i'm i'm slightly cramming things mm. so that was a good it's only 82 minutes long one yeah nice cool right I'll, I'll give my next one um before we do the one that we've both seen Cool. Uh, I I thought I actually started watching it a while ago, but um, didn't finish. And then I, I actually rewatched the whole thing and didn't pick up from the point of where I, I watched it up to because it was a few months ago. Uh, the latest Scott Derrickson uh, film, uh, Deliverers from Evil. Okay, um, yeah. Based on the... Which is quite a strange one because it's based on... Or it's inspired by the actual account of uh, Ralph Sarchi, the, um who used to be... Um, a New York brother. police officer, yeah, and Charles Sarch's brother, uh, and now he's a, a, a demonologist, uh, I, I believe. Um, but the, the story that they're telling in this uh, doesn't appear in any of his books at all. It's, it's a completely imagined story. Um, so it's a little bit like inspired by actual accounts, but it's not. It's just mm. they've taken a real life guy and made up a story uh, about him. Um, so that's Eric Banner, uh, Edgar Ramirez, um, John Cale, and Olivia Munn. Uh, so you've got Ralph Sarchi as New York cop, um, and he has this thing that um, John McHale's character, who's his partner, uh, calls radar, where he gets a feeling about certain um, cases, and when he gets that feeling, it usually means. Things are going to get weird. Shit's uh, going to go down. Shit's going to go down, yeah. He starts to get a weird feeling about uh, a certain case that they get, which involves ex-marines, um, zoos, um, terrible painters and possessions and shit like that. And it, the problem is with it, uh, you've got Edgar Ramirez as well playing uh, Mendoza, a, a priest uh, who at, at no point actually appears like a priest until the last ten minutes of the movie. Um, yeah. um, his, his first scene is you know, just to emphasise how much of a badass priest he is, is him flirting the hot chick. Yeah, and literally, literally, she's like, "Oh, you suit being sweaty." And he's like, "He's like, yeah, yeah." And it's like, it's like, you, it, you, it's, you could, it, that's a little bit brutal. <laughs> yeah, so you, you could, you could, you could quite easily just bang that chick if you wanted to. And you, you probably, you probably do want to. Um, and he actually literally probably it almost goes on to say later in the film that he probably didn't want to. Um, and he seems to have nobody seems to give a shit what he fucking does. He just seems to swan around looking handsome uh, and looking badass. Um, totally. And it, it's got quite an interesting build-up. And then the problem with it is, it's like I was saying about uh, As Above, So Below, is that this ends up just being another possession movie. And then we end up getting a very generic-looking possession scene. Um, but I kind of enjoyed it because it's, it, it, it's slightly occultish and there's... There's a lot kind of going on. It's quite seedy-looking. It's quite nasty-looking. Uh, much the same point of, of why I quite like Sinister. Uh, it's very recognisable as a, as a Scott Derrickson uh, movie. Um, the the bad guy, the possessed guy, looks very similar to um, the demon in Sinister uh, in terms of facial makeup and things like that. Um, but if you enjoyed Sinister, I would say Deliver Us From Evil is one that you will easily get enough out of. There's a little bit too much... Um, they bring his family into it too much. Uh, I didn't need that. I didn't need his daughter and his wife being brought right into it. That felt a little bit like, oh, you're grabbing something from somewhere else that doesn't need to be there. Um, there's, there's no... They've been brought into it. But it, it, it's literally like, oh, and if you're thinking about your family a lot, they could be right away as well. What? 
hang on a minute. I thought they could only be possessed and brought into it if this painting was painted on their wall and then painted over. No. <laughs> so yeah, it, yeah, it, no, that's a good point. Just, just, just by association, it's all fine. Don't worry about it. And that felt a little bit like, uh, well, hang on a fucking minute. You could have even had something as stupid as like, I don't know, they bought and the, the new fucking sideboard, uh, the, the shelves in the kids' thing, they bought that from this place and bought it off the guy and he'd painted it and painted it over it or some shit like that. Or he didn't spend enough time at home so he didn't know that they'd had the kids' room repainted or anything like that. You know, they could have written it better. But it literally mm. is a throwaway line of the, um, Edgar Ramirez basically says, oh yeah, and you, you think about your family, that could be alright. And it literally, that is it. Um, but I like seeing Edgar Ramirez and stuff. He doesn't do enough for me. Uh, and he's it, quite an entertaining presence to be around. But it's not a great film. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's not. I mean, I, I, I think I might have talked about it on the show a while back, actually. I, 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 I thought it was I thought it was fine. Yeah, you know, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't particularly dislike it. Um, the, the exorcism at the end is very, very overblown and feels at odds with the rest of the film, and it slightly feels a little bit studio notes. I think the last half hour. Yes. Um, but um, yeah, no, but I mean, the, uh, I, I, I think the, the kind of the, the darkness and the intensity of it, particularly at the start. Mm is is actually pretty well done and i i like that it's none of it's watered down i mean you know scott derrickson is not the best director in the world but he doesn't seem to compromise except for that maybe the daily earth did still remake but jesus christ i think he I, I, it seems like he kind of got burnt on that and i don't think he's going to do another one of those again and i you know I think he's got a bit of a style and it's going to be interesting to see what he does with Doctor Strange given that. Yeah. Because I I maintain that Marvel let their directors bring their their sensibility to the, their work. You know, I, I do think Marvel does that. So I'm intrigued to see how that actually works here. Cool. Okay, nice. so... Um, it's the one that we've both seen. Um, it feels like we're building up to something, and you yeah, know, you were not, when, when it's really what not. it is, it's like really, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, so, um, yeah, we both watched uh, Horrible Bosses too. Yeah. Um, so uh, Horrible Bosses too. I really didn't like the first Horrible Bosses, and I quite uh, liked it actually. I, 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 it, yeah, it, it's not a great movie, but I liked. I laughed enough times for for me to to enjoy it. Fair enough. I yeah, I I didn't get on with it at all, and I I can't really remember it to be honest. So I'm slightly intrigued to go back and watch it. But I think that might be a mistake. Horrible bosses too. The guys are back again. This time they're um, kind of in in business with themselves. They make a product. Christoph Waltz uh, is a bus- uh, kind of a, a, a the owner of a company that runs a big home catalogue or something. So like Avon, that kind of thing, and um, or like Little Woods. And um, he says, "Yeah, I'll order a shitload of these." And basically steals their idea and 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 kind of wants to do one himself. Uh, so they kind not, of not, lose not that, shit. Yeah, what, what he actually does is is he basically uses his power to get them to get their uh, business loan. Oh, d- yeah, yes, and, yeah. This is right. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'll, he'll end up buying the products cheaper than he could have made them, which is quite amusing. It's a, yeah, that's a pretty it, good plan, actually. Um, 
So, yeah, uh, so he does that, and then they basically get revenge, and um, uh, Christoph Waltz, who's the boss guy, um, his son, played by Chris Pine, kind of gets involved in it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, go on. Uh, even though I don't know how much time you've got, but it was coming up to I've got another five, five or ten minutes, so I'm all right. I'm all right, go. go on, go on then. Um, it, <laughs> these, I, quite, I, I quite like Tonable Bosses, the, the first movie. Um, I, there's, there's a decent enough chemistry between um, Jason Bateman, Charlie Day, and uh, Jason Sudeikis uh, there. And I quite like Jason Sudeikis as, as a comedic performer. Uh, I think Bateman, the further he gets away from Arrested Development, the the more, like we said about uh, earlier about uh, they came together, the, the more kind of his smugness comes across. But he does have really good comic timing and really good comic delivery, um, and he does know how to sort of put fun at himself. Uh, Charlie Day is a little bit of one of those where he's I can see how he could be nailed down a chalkboard to some people um, so they, they've got that back but it seems like the bits that just kind of happened in the first movie that were amusing, they're a little bit more forced in this movie and they're forcing things upon this movie um, and if you took away one character out of the movie it would be fucking terrible it would be an absolute car crash but the fact that chris pine seems to be again like he was in stretch just turning up and just being having a fucking blast and going motherfucker oh. is yeah. becoming an mvp yeah for comedies he is it's like he's really enjoying the fact that he doesn't have to be the thing that sells the movie he doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the main selling point of the movie, and he just turns up and just and just acts fucking crazy, very much like the first thing that attracted me to Chris Pine as an actor was his performance in Smoking Aces, which is magnificent. It's a brilliant performance, uh, and then we had it in Stretch where he has that again. He's very much in that vein of vein of form, and it is almost becoming like like a thing that you have with. Um, with Ryan Reynolds, where you can tell if Ryan Reynolds is serious in a film because he's got a beard. You can tell if Chris Pine's going to be serious in a film because he's got a bit of stubble and he isn't clean-shaven. And he's fucking great. His comic timing is brilliant. And he just plays an asshole in this movie, but he does seem like the kind of asshole that you'd like to hang out with. One of the funniest moments in the film is where he throws his shoe at his maid. And it's just such a, you're such a dick. Yeah. but he kind of gets away with it because he doesn't know he's being a dick he just is a dick but yeah. he, he actually comes across as being the sort of guy who he's just an, a selfish prick but he'd actually be quite a nice guy to go for a beer with but yeah. it'd be one of those things where if a girl came in and you know you went alright I like that and, and, and he also liked it he, he wouldn't give a fuck what he had to do to fuck her rather than you fucking her he wouldn't do it out of badness it'd just be that he wants to fuck her yeah yeah no absolutely yeah absolutely i mean he's it's interesting his character in this is like a light mirror to his character in stretch yeah it's basically i mean it's basically he's doing the same thing yeah but in stretch he I don't know, he gets to indulge the dark side. And I've got to say, I, you know, I, I thought he was very good in this. I thought he was better in Stretch oh, because yeah. they really let him off the leash. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, the weird thing is, I didn't like the first one. I thought this one was okay. So I don't know whether maybe the first one just 
probably caught me on a bad day or something like that maybe i don't know but um yeah i it, it, it kind of felt like it was more focused to me this one um uh, you know I, I, the the jennifer jennifer aniston they had just about enough of her that her character who is very one though didn't get too super grating and um i yeah i and there's not much I have to say about it, as you can tell, um, but I have absolutely no problems about this this film whatsoever. It was what it was. Is it one of the comedies of the year? No. no. Was it absolutely fine as a one-watch? Sure. Yeah, it, 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 it is one of those. It's absolutely fine as a one-watch. The only time I could see me watch it again is if I get home from work one night or something like that and put on Sky Movies and go, it's 20 minutes in and I go, oh, why not? Sure. I, I, I could see it being one of those where I watch, intend to watch maybe 40 minutes of it and end up fucking watching it all. Uh, it could be one of those, but it's not one that I'll go, oh, it's not a really fancy watching, a horrible bosses too. That's just not going to happen. But uh, yeah, I, yeah. I enjoyed it enough. Jamie Foxx's character, um, if they did decide to do a third movie, uh, which they probably won't because this movie didn't make as much as the first movie, but that character has run out, ran out of use in the first fucking film um, and just ended up... There was too much of him in this movie and not enough... Yeah, the fact or... they actually kind of get him involved is yeah. a bit... Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Even I, I did like Kevin Spacey. He's yeah. not in it much, but you know what, what, what he is in there for, I thought was fine. Um, but yeah, horrible bosses too. You know, I think I gave it a three out of five, and I'm yeah, three out of five. I, I, I'd be happy with that kind of rating for this this film. It's it it's not great, and if you didn't like horrible bosses, I probably won't watch it. But it was perfectly all right. There we go. Cool. So that is going to do it. We've got quite a lot done in an hour again. So, um, yeah, uh, next week, review of the year. Dude yes. the Monkey at gmail.com, at Dude the Monkey, at Ian Loring, at Dude Foss. Uh, I think Mark has to go. So, anything else, or is that it? Uh, no, that's everything. Uh, just a happy new year, everybody. Uh, you've been listening to this, well, I'd be out before New Year or just after New Year. But yeah, uh, happy new year, um, and hope that everyone starts getting back into the normality of life. Absolutely. So um, we will speak to you guys next week and take it easy. Thank you very much for listening and bye-bye. Cheers, guys. Bye.